Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Loose in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. A year ago, one year ago, well, a year and a half ago at this point, it seems, <clears throat> movie came out. It's kind of a surprise. Uh, it was a Netflix release that had about 24-hour warning before it was actually released, or maybe less than that. If I um, came out during right after the Super Bowl 2018, and that was called the Cloverfield Paradox. Uh, I saw it. A lot of people saw it because it was on Netflix, and um, it was directed by Julius Ona. It starred Gugu Mbatha-Raw, Daniel Brühl, Chris O'Dowd, David Oyelowo, John Ortiz, Zhang Ziyi, Elizabeth Debicki, Axel Henney, tons of names, Donal Logue, uh, Simon Pegg uh, as the radio voice. Like, there's a lot of people involved in the movie. And personally, I thought it was hot garbage, right? I I I thought it was pretty bad. I think general consensus is that it's pretty bad uh if not awful and so you think about something like that and you you it's always a question when a big movie comes out that does terribly uh whether or not the people involved in the movie have a future in film Uh, now the performances the actors the actors in a bad movie can can generally recover it's not you know, I've seen, I think, all of the names in this that were in that movie in something since then. So, you know, they're still alive. They're still making movies. They're still doing stuff. Uh, then you look at <clears throat> two writers uh, for The Cloverfield Paradox were Oren Uziel and Doug Young. Jung? Young? Uh, neither of them have, worked, have written a film since, uh, but Oren Uziel... Uziel is one of the writers on Sonic the Hedgehog, and he's attached to Detective Pikachu 2 and the Mortal Kombat movie from 2021 and Inherit the Earth from this year and a Supergirl movie of some sort. So he's got he's got irons in the fire, okay? He's making out just fine. Which brings us to the director, Julius Ona, who, man, uh, you know, I don't know how you hire a guy like that, um... A guy who makes such a, as far as I'm concerned, you know, abject failure and expect anything from it. And yet, and yet, here we have Luce. Luce, L-U-C-E, uh, is currently in its expanding phase. It's kind of, it's been out for a few weeks now and it's slowly getting to more and more theaters as the weeks go on. It is directed by Julius Ona. It is also written by Julius Ona and J.C. Lee. And it stars Naomi Watts, Kelvin Harrison Jr., Octavia Spencer, Tim Roth, uh, among others. And first time I heard about Loose, uh, I didn't really have any idea that it was attached to Julius Ona as the director. But I knew only just the cast, really. And I heard a couple of people who had seen it earlier in festivals this year really raving about it. Um, And then as as time, you know, as the summer kind of wore on, uh, more and more people kind of had comments on it and were, you know, talking about it. And 
Uh, still very positive reaction to the film, uh, if but not quite as overwhelmingly positive as it seemed to be at first, which is generally how most were uh, most reactions to most things trend. And finally, I went to see it myself. I didn't have any real expectations for the film, uh, understanding the cast, uh, or, or at least recognizing the cast. Uh, I, I figured. In one way or another, uh, race, race uh, drama based on skin color was going to come into play, and it does. But beyond that, I didn't have any expectations. I One of the more specific things I had heard was that the scenes between Harrison and uh, Octavia Spencer are really, really good, and they are. I expected there to be more of them based on the way they were talked about, but... There's there's at least two really good ones, and then a third I think is is very strong as well. But th- there's really three main scenes with the two of the performers share. So I went into Loose with some pretty pretty high expectations, I guess, and I don't think they were exactly met. And it's tough it's tough to say that when I I really wasn't sure what to expect in a more specific nature i i knew i don't know i I just expected i don't know uh, some some greatness and there's definitely some greatness in this i i just didn't it didn't give me what i was thinking and and looking for and then that's not the movie's fault that's more of my fault and so i kind of had to you know went and saw the movie uh with my partner we talked about it in the ride home afterward and kind of went over, you know, this thing and that thing and what it might mean and what um, what, it, what the movie's alluding to and hinting at and, and is supposed to be telling us. And, uh, you know, I kept sitting with it, kept sitting with it. I saw it uh, last Friday, so it's been, you know, I had the whole weekend and then some to kind of think it over, mull it over. And it's a tough it's a tough movie to to get your head around. It's a tough movie to place. And I, I, I think that's actually one of the strengths of Loose. Because at its very core, it's really dealing with the question of expectations in and of itself. And, you know, the expectations that are placed on a person. And in particularly in Loose, a, a young black man who is good at apparently everything but had to come up from a very very dark past to get to the point that he's in to get to the place that he's at and now all of these expectations are being placed on him by his teachers by his family by his friends and it's 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 kind of uh it's it's a lot to to carry so much weight on your shoulders you know i don't i i wouldn't say you know i can't get myself into the same headspace that loose is in uh you know i had i'm sure you know we all kind of have our own set of expectations that our family heaps on us for one reason or another whether that's a sport or or academics or a talent that we have and you know i've certainly felt that uh i was and i guess i guess still am but not 
I don't really have an opportunity to do it anymore, much, much anymore. But like, I was really good at math in school. Uh, you know, I excelled in math. I was in an accelerated math program from middle school through high school. Um, I, you know, all uh, physics was such a one of my favorite classes in high school. I was a physics major entering college, and after the first year, I decided I didn't want to do that. You know, I like numbers a lot. I, I, you know, that's why I do, you know, I like my spreadsheets quite a bit. And I, I don't know, it just became a thing where I don't enjoy, I, I, there's an, there's a level of math that I find enjoyable and going beyond that level, it becomes tedious and frustrating and annoying and boring to me all at the same time. You know, I could feel that in high school. You know, I, I hated showing my work. I hated it with a passion um, when teachers would grade me and require that the work be shown for a problem to get full credit. I would still not do it and take failing grades on assignments because I did not show my work but got the right answer. And, uh, you know, that was fine with me. And so, you know, eventually in high school, I switched my major. I became a fiction writing major and now, now I'm where I am now. But I, I, you know, I felt that pressure of, of, you know, my grandparents telling me, oh, you should take some accounting courses. Oh, you should, you know, you could be an actuary. You could be a this, 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 this. And I, I just, I, I, I haven't. I never did. I probably won't. And I have no interest in doing so. But I could feel whenever I was doing something that I knew was going against or at least not in congruence with... Um, their expectations that it felt like letting them down. It felt like failing them. It felt like disappointing them. And I think you can, you know, we can all kind of compare our own upbringings to things like that. And it does, you know, it allows us a, a some, some connection, some window into Luce. Now, Luce was born and raised for, I believe they say, seven years uh, in a war-torn African country where he was taught to use a gun. Uh, he, he was probably, you know, they don't go into a lot of specifics about his, his childhood, but, you know, it, it was really, really bad. It was really awful. You, you wouldn't wish it on any kid. And at some point when he was seven or... Eight. I don't know what the the process was, but uh, Naomi Watts and Tim Roth adopted him. Went through years of uh, therapy uh, um, to find a way to get him to become accepted in society, to feel acceptable, accepted in society, to just mature enough and 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 change and 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 grow into a, a to, you know someone who could be a real kid again i think they say it takes them like 3 years of of intense therapy to to get things to a to a manageable position to a manageable place to a manageable state of mind for loose and that's that's got to be trying and and terrifying and you know the amount of time and dedication is is overwhelming and now 
where the movie picks up, he's a senior in high school. He is star athlete of the track team, right? He's the top student. He's the valedictorian of his high school. He is the one everyone turns to to give speeches of, 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 oh, on any topic, honestly. He opens the movie up with a speech. He's writing a speech throughout the film. He's giving a speech. He's doing this. He's very eloquent. He is very smart. He is very uh, observant and aware and recognizes the position that he is in. He is maybe too cognizant of, of how fortunate he is to be where he is. Because that is where the film takes its turn. Luce, as a young black man, he, he says at one point in the movie that, you know, he can't even risk, you know, going outside and smelling and, and smelling like marijuana. You know, one of his friends, you know, asks him to smoke with him and he's like, I, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't risk that. I can't even for a second entertain that idea. And the kid kind of is like, but you're loose. Like you're, you're, everyone knows you, everyone, you know, loves you, all this, 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 this. And he's like, but if I get stopped by a cop smelling like marijuana, you know, the implication being that that all goes out the window with one mistake. That it only takes one misstep for this, this beautiful dream like existence to go away. And I thought, and this all happens very early in the movie, I think it becomes very obvious very quickly just how Luce feels trapped. Uh, you know, he feels crushed by the weight of expectations from his family, expecting him to be perfect by his teachers, expecting him to be perfect. And that in and of itself is a really fascinating premise. That's a, I, I, I would have been excited to watch that movie. And Julius Ona gives us something different. He gives us a little bit of a twist on that movie because, and, I, and I'm not going to spoil anything, and I don't know if I'm going to do spoilers for this because I, I really think you just go see it. But from, you know, a third of the way into the movie to the end of it, it's a, a just a mind-boggling guessing game. And it's not going to work for everyone. I think, you know, it's going to be... You're either going to like this aspect of the movie, you're going to hate it. Because motivations uh, for many of the characters become confusing. They become muddled. Expectations for a lot of these characters become confusing and muddled. Uh, you know, who... Who do you believe? Who do you trust? That goes out the window. It becomes very much a dramatic drama and and borders into the level of into into the genre of thriller in a lot of instances, because the movie just keeps turning and turning and turning, and it's not even to the extent where you can believe you can 
you, you just kind of have to believe the last thing you've heard. It's it's more so to the extent of if this, you know, if, if you know, we're halfway into the movie, so-and-so just did that, and, and that one action has a ripple effect back through the entire film. That one piece of information changes everything we knew about this character beforehand, and things like that happen constantly at, with at rapid fire with every single character in this movie not just the first, the big four characters of Watts, Harrison, Spencer and Roth but it includes um um everyone else involved Andrea Bang who plays Stephanie Kim, Astro as Deshaun Meeks, Norbert Leo Butts as Dan Towson who's the principal you know you you think you know what's happening and layers upon layers upon layers are just slowly peeled away as the movie continues. And even at the end of it, you have not reached the, the, the core. You haven't reached the center. And I, that's going to be frustrating for some. I, I admit, you know, I, there are parts of me that wish I, I had a better understanding of who some of these characters were. But I think at the end of the day, I'm really interested and pleased in how much I can talk about the movie how many different theories I can throw out about the movie and they can all be right they could all be wrong and I I find that fascinating and I'm shocked I say shocked that a movie like this came from Julius Ona I don't know you know if how much of the Cloverfield paradox was actually his and, and how much was you know ripped apart in the editing sequence or you know this that and the other but he's got his fingerprints all over this movie as the director and the writer and he gets some incredible performances out of his cast especially Calvin Harrison Jr. who every time he opens his mouth I am sincerely I am I believe sincerely the emotions he's feeling and I also completely doubt everything he's saying every single time he opens his mouth and it's that is incredibly difficult to pull off uh incredibly difficult to come to do without being cheesy and it makes the film so so engrossing Naomi Watts uh, as the mother is also fascinating. You know, she shares a lot of scenes with Tim Roth that I really loved. I think the movie touches on a lot of things that I haven't seen touched on before surrounding uh, Luce's upbringing. I love every time she interacts. I mean, anytime anyone interacts with Luce is fascinating. Uh, but when Naomi Watts interacts with Octavia Spencer, the two of them are wonderful to see on on screen together. Uh, you know, especially as their position, their positions s- change throughout the course of the movie. You know, at one point, you know, where where they're at at the beginning of the film is almost entirely reversed by the end of the movie, or maybe not by the end of the movie, but at some later point in the movie, their positions have switched with regard to, you know, loose and other things. It. I, I don't think I can say it's you know the best thing best thing I've seen this year. It's not. Uh, it may not even make my top ten of the year. You know, it's there right now, but it may not get there by the end of the year. 
But all that said, it is definitely an incredibly engaging movie that really pushes your your thoughts, really causes you, makes you think you have to, you know, constantly be on guard with what's happening. And it's a really, really tough movie to watch for some reasons. And I, I really, really found myself drawn in and pulled in, you know, physically pulled in by a lot of the, the things that take place. There's a scene between Naomi Watts and Andrea Bang, who plays Stephanie Kim at like a coffee shop, that is just heartbreaking. And that scene, as the film plays out, becomes recontextualizes again, recontextualized again and again and again. And it, it, you know, it loses its meaning, it regains its meaning, it changes meanings, and then even long after the movie is over. You know, like I said, talking about in the drive home from from the theater, does this mean that? Does that mean this? Uh, if if you know, with this in context to that, does that change this character's motivations? Who is being told what? Who is being led why, where? And I find that I find that fascinating. I think there's a lot of a lot of exciting developments in the movie, and I'm really impressed. So, uh, that said, currently, Circle Film Awards, Kelvin Harrison Jr. and Emmy Watts, both in the nomination list for Best Lead Performance. Uh, I do think it's, you know, definitely Kelvin Harrison is the lead in this. He is loose. Uh, Naomi Watts is a shaky, but for me, present secondary lead of the film. And then Octavia Spencer in supporting, also currently with a nomination. And the other thing I'm, I'm looking at is the score. Uh, Luce has a pretty, pretty Im- 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 uh, incredible score because the score has to do just as much work as the performances do to lead you down this twisting, winding tr- path and, and convince you at every turn that the new thing you've learned is the truth, is real. You know, the, the score has to reinforce that every new thing should be what you believe to be fact and it does that it works incredibly well in conjunction with the film with the writing and with the performances to package this very tense thrilling drama uh into a tight bow Uh, and, and that is impressive and difficult to pull off it is very impressive and i was very I don't know. I was into the score. I was really into the score. So four currently nominations for Loose um, on the Circle of Film Awards, and I'm I'm a fan. It's tough watch, but I, I really do recommend it. I think best thing yeah, I would definitely recommend seeing it with other people because you I, I I really was glad to have somebody to talk about it, talk to with, talk to about it at the end, and I think that would do a lot. To, to you know even if you don't like it you know you have somebody who can just kind of bounce ideas off you and theories and, and try to mold your thinking as to what what took place so I I recommend seeing loose if you can find it in a theater near you check it out it is uh, one of the more what how do I phrase it in, in my letterbox review um, 
It's one of the most lingering films I've seen uh, in just how much it sticks with you and how long it stays with you after you've seen it. So that's it for today's episode on Loose. Thank you for listening, as always. If you would like to find more episodes, iTunes, Stitcher, places where podcasts can be found, uh, or you can head over to the website, circleoffilm.com, for that and more. You can find me, talk to me, right into the show, Twitter, at circleoffilm, circleoffilm at gmail.com, or find me on Letterboxd, at circleoffilm. You can support the show, like it, rate it, review, subscribe it, tell people about it, just just listen to it, really. Uh, or become a patron at patreon.com slash circleoffilm for as little as eight cents an episode, and you can have early access to all episodes that come out or that are recorded early enough, at least. Thank you for listening, and as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.